0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a
1: month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special episode on the Gag and Pod feed, I did say we we're going to take a break, but we're back for a very special episode. David Wiener here with you once again today, joined by Simon Hill, who is going to join us at Opta Sport for the next month for the Champions League and the Europa League. Simon, great to see you again. Welcome to Opta Sport.
1: Thank you, mate. I'm very, very excited, um, not just to be here, but to be working with uh, such great people, such as yourself and uh, many others.
0: Well, it feels like it <laughs> feels like a good reunion. So yeah, it's good, it does. good to yeah. see here. I want to ask you, know, walking through the the gates here at, at Optus, um, how did you feel? What uh, what attracted you to come here and? and they work with us? Uh,
1: well, f- let's be honest, one word, football. Um, you know, I'm a football person, as you are, um, as is everyone who works at Optus Sports, and I've watched on with interest over the last uh, year or two, your Premier League coverage uh, and coverage of the Champions League and uh, Women's World Cup. i been very impressed, and uh, as the world knows, I-, I left Fox Sports in June, so um, this seems like a, a natural home and I'm, I'm very, very excited to be here and a lot of work to do over the next month. Can't wait to get started, to be honest.
0: Yeah, well, we've got a lot to look forward to with the Premier League just finishing. But uh, the obvious thing to talk about is, of course, the, the UEFA Champions League mm. and the UEFA Europa League, which is what we're all looking forward to here at Optus in August. Um, Donald, heard your dulcet tones all over Australian football in recent years, but what about the prospect of calling out the likes of uh, Ronaldo, Messi, and the luck over the next month. Yeah,
1: uh, very, very exciting. Um, I did actually do some Champions League games many, many years ago. Uh, with during my days at, at SBS, but uh, obviously I haven't been involved in that particular competition for a long time. Um, so it's the best competition in the world. I mean, I think most people even think it's better than the World Cup these days in terms of the quality of, of football and you know the, the teams, uh, which obviously play together every week. Um, So I'm hugely excited and, uh, you know, obviously it's a bit different this year with COVID, so we've got uh, the knockout phase going to be played in a a hub sort of situation, but... um You've still got the, the likes of Messi and Ronaldo and uh, you know Neymar, uh, dare I say Kevin De Bruyne, one or two others from yeah, my own yeah, team. Yeah. So it's it's going to be an absolute privilege and an honour to be able to uh, call this fantastic tournament. And uh, as I say, I'm, I'm very excited. I just can't wait for it.
0: We've seen it. it isn't it brilliant to be able to, try different things, do different things at various stages of, of one's career. And, mm. and this is that to a certain extent. We've seen you share over the last little while all sorts of uh, little anecdotes and, and artifacts from your commentary career, uh, yeah. <laughs> you'll call it that, <laughs> on social media, tip sheets, team notes, all that kind of stuff. Can you explain what it might go into for you preparing um, for this kind of project when it's something that might not necessarily been, you been know, part of your bread and butter over the last little while?
1: Yeah, well, it probably means that I need to do a little bit more research, to be honest. Even though a lot of the players and teams obviously are are pretty familiar to me, but there's a lot of players that I don't call on a regular basis. Certainly, haven't done for the last uh, goodness knows how many years. So, you know, I'll get stuck into the research, and uh, to be honest, it's it's a process that I enjoy. I think the more that you research players and write stuff down and teams and systems, I think the more it sticks in your head and. You know, as I've said before, I think when you, you make your notes, and I do make a lot of notes, but 90% of it you probably won't use mm-hmm. during a game but it's there, and it's in your head. And hopefully, if you can impart maybe one or two of those little nuggets that people might not know or were unaware of, then uh, you can make the experience for the TV viewer that little bit more informative, that little bit more entertaining. So, you know, that, that's the job of the commentator, to keep people across what's going on and to try and provide a little bit of context, and, and that's why your research is oh so
0: important. For the un- an initiator, how much time might that take? So they see you come on for 90 minutes... Mm. What does 90 minutes equate to get to the the performance level um, <laughs> that, uh, that 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 has you know that has had your uh, voice over so many great moments?
1: Well, it it depends on the game, obviously. Uh, you know, if it's a if it's a game that's uh, you uh, know the teams, for example, I've called the A League for for many many years. You know, then i'll I'll probably do a full day's research still on. on the teams and the players. You can't skimp even though you know the players because things can happen in the intervening days or weeks that you might have missed or that you might be unaware of. In terms of the Champions League, when it's players and teams, as I say, that you don't call every week, then you're probably looking at you know, two, three, even four days' work, um, looking at videos, researching players, learning pronunciations, uh, making sure that visually you're across what's, what players look like so that in the blink of an eye, when the ball goes to that player on a, a TV screen, you mm. can, you know, you can pick that player mm. out. Um, we don't always get it right, of course, uh, but uh, I'll do my best to, to limit <laughs> the mistakes and uh, hopefully do a good job and do the the
0: competition justice. What's um, the obvious question is? There's a certain team still in the in the <laughs> round of Which sixteen that? <laughs> <laughs> that you might have a certain affinity to. Um, I love when you see on social media people go, "Wow, oh, the Liverpool admins at work for Opta Sport!" or "Come on, give Manchester United a go." How does the Manchester City fan go as a commentator of his own beloved club?
1: I have to be honest and say that, I mean, I haven't done it for many, many years, um, but I did call a couple of Man City games earlier on in my career when I was at the BBC, and I found it quite tricky in some ways. Um, now, to be fair, that was partly because the games were both at Main Road, uh, which is my spiritual home, it's yeah, where right. I grew up going as a fan, and I felt a little bit uncomfortable in the press box, almost like I didn't belong in the press box at Main Road because my place there was on the terrace or in the stands supporting my team. So it was it was very awkward uh, physically. Now, obviously, I, I won't have that in terms of the Champions League, so I think that will, will help. And, of course, I've been away from Manchester and from the UK for a long time, so there's a little bit more of a distance between me and the team. It'll always be my team. It's always going to be my team. Um, but during the 90 minutes, you know... You call the game in an unbiased way, and if anything, because people know I'm a City fan, and I know I'm a City fan, I'm probably a little bit more critical of my own team uh, than anybody else's. Uh, But I think it's important as commentators, a lot of commentators say, oh, you know, I don't tell people who I support, uh, or I don't have a team. Well, I think that's a nonsense I think if you're a football fan, you grow up with a club. We all started somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's your link to the game. Um, so I've, n- I've never made any bones about the fact that I'm a City fan. It's out there. And if people think I'm biased during the call, well, so be it. I've had that a million times. I know I'm not. I will keep it straight down the line when I'm calling Man City. Of course, if City win, I'll be delighted. But for that, for that 90 minutes, it's my job. And I'll make sure that it's unbiased. But I'll still get those accusations, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we all do, we all do. Hey, just in terms of, this might sound, sound like an odd question in terms of the pressure of it, but mm. the moment, I mean, you've delivered, you know, we walk through the walls here and there's some great moments that, that you've got your, your voice behind. The Champions League is something that, that goes across the globe. Mm. How do you feel that you'll put your own unique mark and voice on, on that sort of, uh, mm. you know, worldwide kind of phenomenon? So,
1: yeah, that's a good question. I track him
0: up with one every now and then. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's a curveball. The honest answer is, I I think you, you know, when you've been a commentator for as long as I have, obviously you have a process, and you know you stick to that process, whether it's uh, an FFA Cup tie at Magic Park in front of 500 fans or a Champions League final in front of eighty thousand. Not that there will be this year, obviously for Mm -hmm. for COVID reasons. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think you have to treat every game the same, whilst understanding and being aware of of the magnitude of the occasion. Of course you want to get those big moments right. Uh, And, you know, if possible, you want to deliver the killer line. That's what every commentator wants. But... You can't predict it. That's the beauty of football. You know, the winner in the Champions League final could come off a player's backside from two inches out. You just don't know. So, if it's a worldie from thirty-five meters, then maybe you've got a better chance of, of delivering a memorable line. But it's all in the lap of the gods, and uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. That's the beauty of commentary yeah.
0: and the beauty of football. Exactly. It's the beauty of having you know Atalanta in the in the last eight of the Champions Absolutely. League and. Every bit of chances, everyone else, of uh, going on and claiming uh And the And title. they
1: have got a very good chance. Um, you know, I, I don't hold much truck with... Uh, There's a guy from Juventus, Mr Agnelli, who says that they shouldn't be there because they have no history. Come on. Come on. That's what football's about. It's that opportunity to make a name for yourself, to rewrite history. They've got a good shot.
0: Got a good shot. Now, I'm sure there'll be plenty of spoken and plenty written between now and when the competition does kick off very shortly. But... Um, as soon as you got wind of that you were calling it, who's your gut feel? Who you most looking forward to? What's your what's what's, what's your feeling? Excitement level?
1: Well, I mean, I'm hugely excited for the fact that uh, my first game is going to be Man City (laughs) against Real (laughs) Real Madrid. Madrid. Uh, COVID spike in Spain notwithstanding. Um, So I'm hugely looking forward to that, of course, because it is my team. Um, And Real Madrid are a massive club and, you know, the tie is on a knife edge, even though City won at the Bernabeu Mm -hmm. by two goals to one. So I'm looking forward to that one. Barcelona, Napoli, wow. I mean, you know, two massive clubs and Napoli have been... Probably the story, even though Juventus have won nine in a row in Italy, Napoli have been a great story along with Atalanta in Italy. So I'm looking forward to that game. All the matches, how can you not love Atalanta-PSG? Or you know even the Europa League final that mm. we're going to be doing. I mean, th- these are, are huge games, massive competitions, uh, and we're privileged enough to be a part of it. Isn't football brilliant? I just love it.
0: I'll tell you what, and I want to ask, um, you talk about the level of that you said there. And then some of the stuff you've been doing in, in recent weeks since you've had some time off. Yeah. I just want to know a little bit about your time off, what you've discovered, what you've learnt. You've, you've really got into the the coalface and the grassroots again, called different levels of football, worked in different mediums. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how you've reflected on that time off?
1: It's Look, it's been... Um very exciting and interesting to put together a different portfolio of work. Obviously, when I was at Fox, uh, you know, I had one very specific job, which was was commentary. Um, there were other bits around it. Uh, but, you know, that was basically my stock in trade. Now, what I'm now doing as, as, as a freelancer, which is effectively what I am, is uh, being able to do all sorts of different things. So, you know, calling National Premier League's games, um, working on pre-game shows for Sydney FC, Mm. doing podcasts. Uh, Not just this one, but of course I've started my own. Um, So it's been interesting and and much more varied. Uh, Of course, the uncertainty that comes with being a freelancer is that, you know, you don't necessarily know where your next paycheck is coming from, which is a concern. Um, But I think I'm at the point in my career, really, where I'm sort of ready for this challenge, and I, I'm embracing it and enjoying it for the most part. Uh, maybe if you ask me in three months, and <laughs> I've got no work and I can't pay my gas bill, I might tell you something <laughs> different. But at the moment, I'm okay.
0: What have you discovered? Is there anything you've learned about the game or about the the, the industry, um, the media that that's stood out in particular?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've discovered that the football community has, and I might get a bit emotional here, but the football community has been very, very good to me in this country, um, particularly since leaving Fox Sports. And as people know, that wasn't my choice. And really, I've been sustained in those first couple of weeks, which were very difficult because, you know, you you get to a point you think, well, maybe that's it for me. You know, maybe my career's over. Uh, maybe I have to go and do something else. Maybe I have to move back to the UK. Uh, all of those things have crossed my mind. And that might still happen. But through it all, the... The love of the football community in Australia, by and large, has been um, wonderful. And I really do genuinely thank people for all the messages they've sent me and for all the support they've shown. Uh, I didn't necessarily expect it in such a large volume. I'm very grateful for it, very humbled by it. Um, and I hope in some way that over the next months, years, wherever it may be, working for whomever it may be, that I can repay that by you know, continuing to work on behalf of uh, football in Australia. Because as you know, Dave, we all know, it's a pretty tough job. Uh, it's not easy in this country, but it shows that there's a lot of football supporters still left in Australia. Mm. And uh, I really do thank them for for the help they've given me over the last few weeks. It hasn't gone unnoticed.
0: Well said, well said. And it's a, it's a community that makes you want to work for them and Absolutely. harder for them.
1: Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of passionate football people in this country who really desperately want the game to succeed. And, uh, you know, I I certainly won't give up on that. Um, As I've said many times before, and I know you're the same, Dave, and lots of other people here at Optus Sport and at Fox and SBS and and other places as well. You know, we're almost evangelical about the game here, and we come up against a, a lot of tough barriers, both within football and outside it. But We keep pressing on. We keep fighting. One day, we'll win.
0: (laughs) Have you seen anything in this time that has given you a renewed or different cause of hope? Or it might be things that we were concerned about, but you can constructively go, actually, we're onto something here. Hmm.
1: Look, I think long-term, you know, the game, obviously, it has a one-year contract with Fox Sports, uh, which ends July 2021. I think I've noticed a sense of... I'm loath to say the word unity because it's very difficult to achieve in football in Australia, but I think there is a, a sense of purpose generally that, hey, we're in the last chance saloon here. We've really got to get our stuff together and formulate a plan that is not only achievable, but it is actually delivered over the next 12 months because there might not be another opportunity, certainly p- for professional football in Australia. The game will always survive at grassroots, mm-hmm. but at professional level... We're on the brink, and we know that. Um, I see that there is a plan being put together, not just by James Johnson, but along with the clubs and the the different stakeholders. Um, I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic, that they will deliver this time. If they don't, let's be mm. honest, it could be dead in the water, mm. but uh, I hope it's not going to come to that. One of the things that
0: uh, always keeps me, uh, gives me solace, and I hope in this month that you have here at the, with us at Optus Sport covering the Champions League, you'll feel this too, is when you're going through um, what may be difficult times in the local game, you see still the support and the interest and the fervour and the passion. What the, the, This level of the game brings yeah. fans here, the joy, the escapism, yeah. all that aspect to it and you see the way that the, the material that's starting to come out of sport in terms of being able to bring that to people at a, um, a palatable hour of the day let's face it mm-hmm. not all of us have the luxury of being up from 1am on Sunday night just gone and <laughs> getting back to work the next day um, and that for me is always a yardstick of guys this is how big it can be um, over the next month I guess you're going to enjoy feeling that sense of that huge, huge, huge Champions League uh, resonance come back into our little world here in Australia. I'm
1: looking forward to it. As I say, I know obviously how big this uh, tournament is. You know, I grew up in Europe. I watched it when it was the old European Cup and, uh, you know, into the Champions League. So I, I know what these games mean to people and supporters of the clubs involved. And uh, obviously there are a lot of them here in Australia as well. So hopefully we can uh, you know, deliver that product in, in uh, just an entertaining uh, way that, that we can. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so privileged and happy to be a part of it.
0: Now it's going to be a fun month and uh, we can't wait to get stuck into it. Thanks for joining us today and look forward to seeing what comes out over Optus Sport uh, over the next couple of weeks. Great, great to be, see you again.
1: You too, Dave. Great to be working with you again, mate. I've missed it.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. And to everyone out there, as ever, until the next podcast, enjoy your football and enjoy all the great content that's going to be coming your way on Optus Sport over the coming weeks. ACAS powers the world's best podcasts.